Good morning, listeners. <laughs> this is the Creative Brother, and thank you for joining me. It's another beautiful Saturday morning, another beautiful early Saturday morning. Not as early as I normally, you know, do four o'clock, four a.m., but not too far away. And as you can tell, I'm 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 I'm, I'm perky, you know, and 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 full of energy and giddy. And I, I got my coffee in me, too, you know. <laughs> I'm ready to go. I love early Saturday mornings. I just do. It's just, I just do. It's just, I've been doing this since I was a child. Getting up early to beat my siblings and um, my two parents. Beat them up, have all that morning to myself. And watch Buzz Bunny and the Roadrunner show. <laughs> <laughs> for 90 minutes had to had the world to myself and then when they woke up and here comes the youngest one my little sister wrecking the room here oh I got dressed and went to the gym most over so thank you for coming thank you for being here with me early again I'm, I'm feeling good today we're going to extend the fun this is episode number five in the creative brother series okay podcast series and today we're going to extend it and talk about and have some fun from the Halloween episode, right? <laughs> and when we talked about stop calling U.S. citizens dash Americans, I hope you heard that one and you you stopped that. You stopped using African dash American and Latino, whatever. Stop. Otherwise, we're going to all start doing that and it's going to be silly, <laughs> basically. So... How to, how to actually make America great. Folks, let me just give you, uh, let me give it to you straight. I'm almost 59. It's November now. I'm like 40 days away from being 50, uh, 59. Let me give it to you straight. I have never cons- considered America to be great. Okay, I'm black. We had slavery here for 250 years. Are you kidding? Okay. Let me get into my introduction and thesis first before we start having a little fun, <laughs> okay? <laughs> but I think I woke you up, didn't he? With all you kidding? Stop that! Americans talk too much and brag about being the greatest country ever. You've heard it. If you've ever left America and gone on vacation, or gone on, you know, um, left America and gone somewhere on business, you've seen us. You've seen these Americans. Just wrecking the room. Can't even be, you know, when you go to Rome, you act like a Roman. Don't act like you come from Mexico and you don't care about the Romans. That's what we look like. Come, just wrecking everything. Won't follow the rules and st- No, and they look at us and they go, yeah, look at these people, more of them. Charge them more. Okay, fine. Charge them three times the price. That's what people do to Americans across the world. Believe me, I'm in business and I'm selling and buying from everybody. And I have to remind people, hey, buddy, we have a currency swap rate of 30%. I'm enjoying 30% swap rate. You, what are you doing trying to charge me American money? I'm getting ready to hang up unless you charge me uh, Cambodian money and I'll pay you in dollars. But I'm not paying American money. Why do you think I'm calling you? Then you have to get them straight. But they think Americans are difficult and they have to pay more. <laughs> <laughs> so we need to stop bragging about being the greatest country ever. And the world does not agree. Okay. Right. Especially 
right now. No, they don't. I doubt it. the world thinks of us as great. Now, what do people think about America when they think great? They think, you know, I cut the light, I hit the switch, lights come on every time, unless I didn't pay the bill. <laughs> Water runs, go outside, you know, the infrastructure. People like the consistency in our infrastructure, but it's, it's rickety. Depends on where you are, right? Rickety. Okay. <laughs> So here's my thesis and then we're going to have fun. And this is going to be a very short podcast because it's all about one one group who can make it better, us. That's it. I'm not talking about government and everybody else. Just us. So here's my thesis this morning, listeners. Love you. We're almost there. We're almost to Thanksgiving. I've already ordered my stuff for everybody cuz you know it's getting ready to be a mess. I'm in the I'm in the shipping business because you know I sell large equipment and stuff and I'm in the shipping business and it's getting ready to be interesting. You better order from Amazon now before Thanksgiving because it's you you're not gonna get stuff if you don't order it now, November sixth. Okay. America is not great and won't be until Americans make it so. Let me say it to you again. America is not great and won't be until Americans make it so. I took that from Captain Picard on, you know, Star Star Trek Next Generation. Make it so. You know, I'm a Star Trek person, you know. <laughs> and, and Star Wars. Okay. Just don't I just don't like Captain Kirk. I don't like the first one. He was he was greedy. He didn't share the girlfriends. He took all the girlfriends. I'm like, oh, I don't like this show. Anyway, Spock didn't get girlfriends. Okay, so America is not great and won't be until America, Americans, make it so. Us. Let's discuss what I believe the creative brother are solutions. Now, there are many, right? And I'm not the only one thinking these things up. And I am glad to see that. Unfortunately, not too many of us are doing stuff. I have a project background and a get it done background. So if I tell you I'm going to do something, you can bet your bottom dollar it's going to get done because I don't tell people unless I'm ready to ready to go, unless I'm already there or close. And what I do do, I do put pressure on myself sometimes by announcing some things that I'm working on so I can make so I can make myself finish. <laughs> Like my DuckFoodUSA.com, my feed business. That's opening in January. Ready to go. I'm just waiting on my equipment and facilities and little stuff. Little little punch list things. But I'm ready. It's going to be fantastic. I've been announcing that because I want to put pressure on myself to finish it and do it well. And uh, today, I'm going to put pressure on myself to talk about what I believe are the solutions for um, making America great. The entire solution is wrapped around the people. I have my notes right here. Can you hear that? <laughs> oh, the all of my notes my, from this week come from my works that I've been doing. Watching the news, looking at um, the fact that the election is about 50% red, 50% blue, you know, something in between, whatever's, you know, fence riders, I call them fence riders. 
You know, damn defense riders. Get off the damn fence. <laughs> Get off the fence. Quit being a fence rider. I, I, anyway, so this is all about the people. If America is going to actually be great finally, and we are at the precipice for greatness. We really are. But we have to leave behind all of these things that we um, know now to be the case. For one thing in, in, in is um, on my list. Number one, community beautification. Community beautification. We need to beautify open green spaces, sidewalks, put in sidewalks, you know, concern ourselves about community infrastructure. You just shouldn't have to ride over to a new a newer, nicer neighborhood to see your Christmas to see Christmas lights and stuff. Y'all know what I'm talking about. People ride over to the net, you know, the newer, nicer neighborhood. Let's go see the Christmas lights. That's what we do here in the South, you know, here in Houston Metro. Let's go see the Christmas light. When, you know, growing up, go over to the nicer, bigger houses and look at their lights. Like, what about our lights? Our neighborhood. Won't leave it. I have always been the kind of person that believes in making what you have better. Because I come from a family of people, many of whom didn't have a lot, right? Many of whom did have a lot, like at other families. And it just seemed to me that people who didn't have as much focused a lot more on the details of what they have, of what they do have. As an example, we all know these people who have little tiny houses, you know, little properties. And what they have is fantastic, right? You turn the corner to go to your grandmother's house or your aunt's or your cousin or whatever. And that, that little piece of property is just like, what the heck? Not a piece of paper on it. <clears throat> little fence, little white picket fence is white and pickety. You know, like, look at this. Look at, man, Aunt, Aunt Dorothy always has it together. Look at her little piece of property. Just beautiful. You know, paint, in the, all painted, stuff not hanging off of it and stuff. You go in her house, it's a small home. She doesn't have much, or he doesn't have much, or they don't have much. But they take care of their stuff. I grew up in that. I grew up in that type of thing where I had family members. My grandmother, would snatch, who raised me, was would snatch the plate off, out, uh, off the table and the fork out of your mouth. As soon as you took your last bite of food, she was watching you. She snatched the fork out your mouth and the plate and went and washed it. That's how neat she was. <laughs> I grew up in, a, in neat. I, you know, I'm a neat person, but it comes from my upbringing. Okay, so I believe in beautifying communities. I really do. And it's something that is part of my project, my URT, U-R-T-E, Urban and Rural Transformation Through Education, which the biggest part of that project is, is beautifying the open green spaces, putting in sidewalks, you know, trimming the grass, really taking care of what you have, what you have now. Even before you start spending money on, you know, siding for your houses and, you know, green, you know, beautifying the green spaces, you know, flowers and stuff. And as part of the beautifying the communities, I grew up in the time when the Johnson uh, uh, um, uh, uh, legislation, there was money federal level and, you know, local level for beautification. It was part of what was done. It was part of the budgets for local governments. Well, guess what? We can't wait on that, can we? 
Remember, this whole conversation is about citizen driven. So what I'm about, because I'm in these, um, I'm in the environmental services equipment business, mainly when you see tank trucks and trailers carrying liquids and dry bulk products, food and sand and whatever else. Okay. And all of the above, man, I get calls and they, they, they teach me new stuff every day. So I want people to just step up and start doing this themselves, doing business, you know, and even maybe volunteering to do it. Let's make communities beautiful. Let's do it. I grew up in that in the 70s. It works. People will be less in, you know, inclined to hit you in the head, take your money and rob you or do other not, 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 not nice things. You know, they ride by some flowers and the only way to go hit somebody in the head with something, maybe they'll change their mind. You know what? I got a baby. And a girlfriend. I like this girlfriend and I like the baby. Maybe I shouldn't go do that. Man, look at these flowers. They blooming. Maybe I shouldn't. Hmm. Now, otherwise, you know, and of course you're thinking, you're laughing at me. You're going, Eric, it's not. Yes, it does work like that. <laughs> it does. So what I'm saying is, let's focus on updating the infrastructure of communities, of our communities and people. I'm talking volunteerism and and all of that. I I grew up, I had a, a lawnmower business. <laughs> I started off with my great-grandmother next door, and she paid me. And she told me, you know, I was very close to her, and she told me, you need charge, charge me. And, you know, family got mad at me. Why are you charging your great-grandmother $20? And that was good money in the 70s. I, pff, who knows what that is in 2020? But everybody got upset. You charging your great grandmother. And I said, she made me take it. And that's how I learned about if you if you are good at something, you charge for it or give it away and, you know, get a tax deduction. <laughs> OK, let me, you know, I noticed in my podcast, I laugh maybe a little too much sometimes. I'm thinking, man, you really happy. You, you laugh a lot. OK, but yeah. Focus on, let's focus on updating the infrastructure of communities. And here's one thing that my earth projects are going to teach people. Because, you know, we have a younger generation and they don't know stuff. They don't, you have to teach people stuff. They have to see it, be exposed to it, right? <sighs> I am the board chair of a nonprofit called Everyone Help One, for God's sake. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> So that tells you right there what I'm about, right? And I just think updating the infrastructure of communities is going to be a, a big play because it's job driven too. People can, um, you know, meet one another through volunteerism and it can lead to other things. Okay, next, let's focus on citizens' education and knowledge. You know, part of the Earth Project, a big part is our knowledge centers. That's the biggest part of the Earth Project is the where you go where, you know, the town center is a knowledge center, education and knowledge center with, with um, you know, um, entertainment. You know, you know, go there and eat and stuff and all of that, be entertained, maybe movie theaters, I don't know. We'll put it together now. But the, the, the centerpiece is citizens education and knowledge from zero to death. So I'm gonna partner with the city of Houston and other cities and we're gonna put city libraries in there. 
but they're not gonna be what these other libraries are. Remember, well, you don't know this. I graduated from the University of Maryland School of Business and Technology. So all of the graduate programs run through one one big program, but they, they kind of break them off and you go during the day, they call it the Robert Smith whatever program and you know, it's you know, really nice and you go online like I did. I went full time online. Maybe I may have been the third class to go full time online at the University of Maryland's distance education program. I did it while traveling the world, doing what I do, what I did in business and, uh, you know, um, working for the companies that I worked for before I went on my own. And that helped me get my master's degree. So I, I, I graduated December 2001, 19, almost 19 years ago. And it's all just now catching up to the world and it was forced on the world by coronavirus. Now everybody knows what distance education is, right? And digital education. I'm 19 years into that. Are you kidding? I'm really surprised it's taken this long for us to come become actually digital to the citizen level, to the everyday citizens level. Okay, so what I'm proposing are education and knowledge communities where library, you have city libraries in there and they're digital. You don't need the books anymore. It's nice to have books. And yes, we will have books, but they need to be digitally oriented. And, you know, with smaller spaces so you can cram, cram more people in them. So you'll have the digital libraries and the training, the uh, trade, trade school training. One of the things I'm going to do is, is I'm going to partner with different schools. Not going to be just one school. You know, it's going to be like Texas Technical, Texas State Technical College, TSTC. They have great trade programs, trade school programs. Uh, uh, welding programs. I forgot the name of it right now, but there's a great school for welding. Um, I forgot the name of it. Good God. But I'm going to talk to them and we're going to put trade school programs in these education and knowledge centers. And kids and old people can all come up there, eat, get digitally um, engrossed in, you know, uh, libraries, trade school students, entertainment, these are going to be the not, these are going to be the centers for little towns, for communities, towns and urban communities. That's my vision. I'm putting it together now. Okay. And so we need to take care of local mental health and wellness of citizens. We do. You see it every day. Some naked guy getting shot by the cops. This is not right. It's not right. Let me just be blunt. It's not right. Those and the person that shot them needs to be prosecuted. When we put when we give you a license to police for us, you are serving the community. You're serving us. Okay? Bad cop. You're serving us. And that does not mean pulling triggers on people who have mental health issues. Okay? So if any of you are listening, rivals and opponents and enemies, and you think cops are dropped from heaven and they do no wrong, guess what? Get off my podcast now. <laughs> Get off. Because we disagree and we're never going to disagree. We're never going to agree. Get off. And you're probably a do nothing kind of person. You don't do stuff. You just talk a lot. I'm a doer. So you're going to watch my stuff pop up and be built. 
and you're going to just be a talky person. <laughs> you will lose. So get off my podcast now. There are bad and good and in, 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 in the middle of everything. Great, bad, good, okay, neutral, could be trained better, horrible, how'd they get hired, and everything in between. And we need to see to getting the people who shouldn't be in community-oriented positions. We need to get them out. It's that easy. Go get a Walmart job. Be a greeter. Learn how to be better. <laughs> Whatever. Some people just can't be greeters. Okay. So, yeah, we need to focus on local mental health and wellness um, efforts so people don't get shot up and put aside. We also need to focus on, um, I heard a, a better word the other day for uh, people who have, um, you know, like if you're um, in wheelchairs and you, you, you know, you have physical limitations. I saw a better word for it the other day, even though it's kind of a, you know, cheesy thing, but Physi- the physically limited. I, when I was in corporate America and in hiring positions, which was most of my career, I look for people like that. I look for special people who I call the e- extremely intelligent. You know, me, me being a menzen, I look for menzens. I didn't know that up until 46, though, that that's what I was doing. I was looking for extremely smart people who made me nervous. <laughs> but... Because I could put a, a right side of the road and a left side of the road on you, I can, you can bounce. I can make that road narrow or wide. So I always look for people who make me nervous because they're so smart or so talented. And you just put an upper and lower limit on them or a right side of the road and the left side and make it narrow or make it wide. That's, that gives them liberties. And then let them go. Take that dog chain off and let them go get it. On your behalf, on behalf of the community, on behalf of America, on behalf of whatever. We need to unleash these people. So we need programs and efforts that take care of physically limited and mentally challenged and get those people involved in our communities. Thank you very much. (laughs) Seniors. I'm a senior now. (laughs) I'm 58 going on 59. I reject it. What's that stuff they send to you? As soon as you turn 55, they send you one in the mail. You need to join this. I'm like, no, I'm not. What is this? What do I get? I get a discount on cookies? Oh, what? No. No, I'm still doing my burpees and stuff and lifting up 400 pounds over my head. Thank you, no. Okay, but seniors. Seniors, if you're listening, you know what? I tell you what makes me sick is when you go home and quit. You go home, take your ball and go home and quit. And become the get out of my yard lady or the get out of my yard guy. You cutting your grass. Everything's about your yard now and your flower. You know, and somebody look at it funny. Would you look at my flower funny? I spent three hours trimming my flower. You need to give back. These young people need us. <laughs> Let me tell you. I'm, the corporate America doesn't train people. But they want you to show up ready to go. You need to have five years experience, 900 degrees. And, and yeah, you know, you, you work with this and you did that and you this and that and other. People want other people to pay for your training and your education. And they just want to hire you and take you off somebody else's hands. Once the other person's paid for all that stuff, just take you off their hands and give you a little bit more money. You, young people who are listening, you need to reject that. 
You hear me? Reject it. What I want is seniors get off their butts and start businesses. And, you know, uh, yeah, you made all that money from Obama. Yes, you did. And then you made a little bit more from Trump. And if you left it in the market, now you now you need some money. I told all my friends and those that would listen, as soon as Trump won, take your money out the market. Why? Because Republican presidents always um, crash the economy in their first term. That's a fact. I'm not talking politically here now. I'm just talking about your money. <laughs> and I took mine out. And believe me, it's safe. It's doing well. So seniors, especially those that could use some money, get back out there again. You don't have to go to work work, but get back out there again, giving to the community. That's part of what everyone help one does. I am a community volunteerism advocate. So now I'm doing some advocating. <laughs> okay. Get back out there. I have heard all sorts of excuses from seniors. Let me tell you one of the worst ones I've heard. I was in the bank waiting on my turn to, you know, get some bank stuff done. Sitting there with all these people and, you know, seniors. And I just told people, yeah, I have this nonprofit. I thought I'd take a shot and see who told me no. It's fun to, tell, to see people say no to you different ways, different excuses. I like that. They're not hurting my feelings. I just want them to, I want to see their face scrunch up and I want to see them dredge up some excuse. <laughs> it's fun. So this lady, I'm talking to this lady and guy, you know, we're around the same age. I don't know. And she says, oh, well, I think that I just give, I already give my time. I work at a church with kids. And I said, oh, okay. So that's a substitute for volunteering after work and giving your time to the kids that they can't, whose parents can't afford to pay for private school, private school. What about the kids that can't afford to get those those excellent lessons that you guys are teaching at the church. You know, there's some kids whose parents just don't have time, don't make time for that. What about those kids? Could you give a little time to them? Oh, I just think I'm giving enough. I'm just giving enough. And her husband looked at me without moving his head, right? <laughs> He's sitting there next to her. He looked at me with his eyes like, I'm sorry. <laughs> and I looked at him like, mm-mm. She's good. I started this conversation. She's good. But yes, we need to give back, seniors. And, and what I mean by that is many of you have some excellent skills that maybe you didn't get a chance to share properly in corporate America. Because, you know, you had a, you worked for a company that wasn't woke. They didn't, they weren't woke, but they paid you. And, you know, you worked for different companies and got laid off four times in your career. That hurts. Come back, help the people out. All right. We really need to focus on young people. We don't do that in this country. We don't. We do not focus on young people. We are not young people focused in America. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> okay, we're not. We're adult focused. Look at the TV. Cars, houses. Update your house. You know, jobs, drugs, um, clothes, Amazon. Show what? We're not citizen. No. The only time we're youth, youth focused, I mean, you know, youths. We focus on the youths. <laughs> Christmas. Yeah, you know, get little Jenny a doll and, you know, get little Sinead a doll. Mm -mm. And look at the results. 
they turn into adults and they focus on themselves. I'm in business, okay? I finance too. And why did I do that? I don't know, 10 years ago. I wanted more customers and too many people who couldn't pay for my expensive stuff. They couldn't get in business, right? I couldn't help the startups, young, you know, young people, women. And we're talking about trying to get into the oil field. You know, I, a lot of what I do is oil field driven. Um, and man, you know, the rush to fracking, you know, water and oil and carrying stuff. I have to admit, I put more than my fair share of people out there into the oil field and into other things because I financed them. And I put a lot of young people, lawyers and stuff out there. I'm proud of that. A lot of black people, brown people, yellow people, a lot of women, homeowners, you know, stuff. I mean, I've done it. I'm proud of it. I want you to help me. And young people are our future. Help the young people. Mentor young people, okay? One young person. If you know someone that's, you know, that makes you feel good about them, you know, you, you, you hoping that they make it, help them make it. You help them. Some of your resources you might have, offer it up. Don't wait to be asked. You know, whenever I, I had a little young man come to my door three seasons ago in the summer and offer to paint uh, my, uh, uh, stencil the numbers on my curb I, I gave him a hug <laughs> I did that my own son wouldn't do it you know broke my heart you know he's not a businessman I did that growing up for 10 bucks did everybody's neighborhood all, the, all everybody in my neighborhood <laughs> anyway and my, my own my own siblings don't know some of this stuff because they didn't you know they don't know where I did that I didn't do it on my street I did it on other streets but I gave him a hug so focus on young people. And two more things here. Community policing. We need partnership between the police departments and the, the community in which they serve. That used to be a thing. Um, very easily achieved. It's people who decide to do it. Probably one person on one side, one person on the other making some decisions. Just have a barbecue and invite people from the community and the police. They're from the community too. Just have a barbecue. Or let's have a, you know, I'm ex-athlete. I'm like, the, let's have an Olympic day. Invite girls and boys and they can come out and run and we'll wipe them off. <laughs> we'll set up events and then we'll have them give them towels and water. That's kind of human. We'll get, you know, sponsors to give us candy and, the, you know, signs and do stuff and help pay for the police, you know. And yeah, rat organized is what I'm talking about. Remember this conversation, citizen driven. How to actually make America great by citizen driven activities. OK, so, yes, let's have community policing. Let's have uh, citizens getting together and, and coming together and let's. Let's get rid of what we're seeing, right? And this this defunding, people defunding just means taking money out of one pot and putting it into another pot. So don't get all worked up and stuff when you hear these people say it differently. That's all it is. Let's take the money out of the pots where, the, where these, we don't need military-grade equipment, okay, in police departments. We don't. Let's take it out and put that money into community policing and other things and training. And let's look at the best of the police departments and let's, 
the best and the brightest. Let's recruit. Let's look at what we can do in the 20th, 21st century and go forward. And also, we need to put all 18,000 police departments underneath one set of uniform rules. Do you agree? <laughs> that is the big one right there. Put all 18,000 police departments under one set of uniform rules so we can all play ball together. Come on now, the NBA, they all play the one rule. NFL, M you know, MLB, soccer, everybody else in the world is playing to one set of rules, man. <laughs> 18,000 police departments should be doing the same thing. And I think the time is now for that to happen. Do you agree? I'd like to know. Okay. And the last thing on my list, which, is, no, two. I actually have two. And this podcast is going a little bit longer than I intended. But you know what? Okay. We need to focus on the aggrieved groups in this country. You know, the people who feel aggrieved. Why? We are going through the end of the vote counting right now. We're seeing that about 50% feel one way and about 50% feel another way. We can't have that. I come from the period of time when you had to negotiate to get what you wanted in government. And then they got rid of all that. The 80s were a terrible time, folks. They were a terrible time for government. All the progress made in the 60s and the 70s were dismantled in the 80s. From reaction, Oh my God, they did that. It's terrible. And look at the results. But all the Johnson stuff was kind of sort of dismantled. You know, the Enlightenment stuff. And look at the results now. Now we're, now we're at one another's throats, proverbially. So what we really need to do is we need to focus on the aggrieved groups and find out why they're aggrieved. The largest aggrieved group in this country are white males. Now, most people would ask, well, why would white males feel aggrieved? You know, I mean, the, system's, the system was designed for you. What the heck, man? That's what everybody's asking. But within that category of white males, White Americans, right, are a large group of aggrieved white males, white Americans. And folks, white males make up, as of 2015, when I could find the last numbers, 31% of America. 31% of the American population are white males. That's huge. Do the math. 330-something million people times 31%. It's huge. Now, within that group are these aggrieved white males, white Americans. I'm doing that white American thing because my podcast before this was Stop Saying Dash Americans. <laughs> so when you hear white American, I'm sure somebody's listening going, you need to stop saying that. Well, you know, stop saying Dash American and you won't hear the white American stuff. Yeah, lessons learned, right? You know, sometimes you have to put it back on people, get a mirror, send that signal back to them. And like when they hear their own signal, they're like, oh, is that how it comes across? Uh-huh. Yes, it does. So we really need to focus on the aggrieved groups. And I'm interested to know how we solve the white male aggrieved group issue. That's a huge group. And I just want to know 
what is going on there? But I, I was, I sell to mostly white males. I know white males. I grew up around white males. Okay, played with white males. I was the leader on my street, which was a, a diverse street growing up. You know, Sunset, Sunset Street. Um, I, you know, hey, I know white males. I, I know the stories. Most of America doesn't look at white males the way I do. There's a ton of white males that grew up very poor with nothing. You know, the stories are the same as they are with anybody else. I know this. White males that are listening, if you're one of those, you need to tell your story. Don't worry about what people think. Who cares? <laughs> They're not paying your mortgage or your phone bill. We need more of you to come out and tell your stories. We need to address the aggrieved white male issue. That's a huge group of people and all of the other groups. So let's move on to my last, the people bullet. People, citizens redress is a citizen's right. It is our right to protest when we feel aggrieved. <laughs> okay. States and the, the states and the federal government don't have rights that the people have. We're the only ones that have rights, guaranteed rights. So I watch people struggle with their protesting and it's we need to organize. We need to develop effective citizens redress education and training programs so people can know how to protest. <laughs> they need to know how to do it. And here's the thing. I talked to a customer on the phone last week, you know, during this week, probably Monday before the election. And, you know, he says, oh, maybe I shouldn't talk about this election stuff. And I said, sure, you can. He was older like me, maybe a little older than me. He's a very successful businessman in middle America, in Ohio. He's buying stuff from me. And uh, he goes, yeah, you know, blah, blah, blah. We're talking blah, blah, blah. And I say, hey, man, let me be honest with you. You're not going to hurt my feelings if you feel differently from me. I'm a Democrat. Sounds like you're a Republican. Which, what's on your mind today? And he went straight to the protests and stuff. Well, you know, got a problem with these people that protest, you know, and they tear up their communities and stuff and want to burn down businesses like mine and yours in the community. And then they wonder why they can't get jobs in the community. And I said, yes. I said, those are the folks after, that come in after 530. <laughs> and I said, also, let me add to that. You have these anarchists. Right. These anarchists come into those same community and they help the protesters that are from there burn down stuff. But they're not from there. And then they leave out. And I said, you know, anarchists is, you know, code word for white guys. <laughs> and he says, yeah, you're right. So we both agreed. We have these issues. And I told him, I said, hey, man, I'm putting together, you know, uh, a training uh, 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 online training for so you can learn how to protest better and I told him I said professional protesters go home at 530 you know so you got the professional organizer types and then you have the the local folks that you know have good intentions they go home at 530 and income everybody else won't tear stuff up we have to be able to demarcate the difference between one group and the other and he agreed and then he thanked me for the conversation. I, I thanked him and we had other things to do. We went on about our business because we didn't have any business between us that, that day. He didn't, I didn't have what he needed. He had to wait for it and he didn't want to wait. So there it is. We need people to understand how they need to be trained on how to go and 
you know, protest the local school board, the government, the businesses. They need to learn how to do it. I'm going to do that. It's going to be called redressacademy.org. But it's going to be called Citizens Redress Academy. But it's actually going to be called, you know, it's going to be the, the URL will be citizens will be redressacademy.org. It's going to look like Khan Academy. Going to be funded and free. And then once you go through the class, you'll be able to get a certificate once you finish. And you put that on your resume. It's going to be beautiful. Remember, I'm distance education trained. And I'm a systems engineer with a, with a career in, yeah, all of this stuff. So it's going to be fancy looking and really cool and not hard. And you'll be able to get your certificates and all these like 40 different courses. And that includes community policing for police officers and you know, all the things we talked about, uh, you know, commu- uh, beautifying communities, how to do it, with, how to organize that. I just want to be part of helping everyday citizens move it up. OK, that's all I want to do. I'm asking you guys to help me. I'm really good at closing sales. I always ask for the business. <laughs> I'm always going to ask you to, for, the, for your business. I'm asking you now, (laughs) okay, for your participation. And let's put the people back in charge, not the politicians or the government. We are in charge, everybody. Are you listening? I hope I have a three-year-old listening right now. My little nieces are going to come over here for Christmas and get their gifts and stuff. I'm going to make them listen to the podcast. (laughs) I'm going to see if my three-year-old... If this can entrance her, this because she runs around, she has, ooh, she runs around like she's been wound up. And I'm going to see. But remember, the people are in charge, not politicians nor the government. I'm closing now, okay? Citizen-driven is the word. You have rights as part of making America great. Don't wait for others. Do it yourselves. Help me help America. (laughs) I don't even talk like that. I don't talk like that. I don't talk on a national level. Help me help our communities. I look at the world from an ant perspective. An ant can, in fact, eat an elephant. I teach that to kids. And, you know, on career day, I have a presentation for kids. And it's about trade, you know, everything but college. Everything you can do but go to college. Trade school, two-year school, get a license, get trained, you know, all these other things. And I have a picture of an ant taking a bite out of an elephant. And the elephant, you know, is like, what? And the, 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 the thesis is an ant can eat an elephant. And I show them how. And then what I ask people, have you ever seen the beginning of an ant bed? And the answer is no, you haven't. All you see is one day you look up in your backyard. You're like, man, there's another ant bed. You don't see the building. It happens one grain of dirt at a time, right? A collective effort. But guess what? One ant starts the process. Think about that. And what I tell people is this, and I'm going to end here. There's only two types of people in my world. Me first people or me two people. Me first. I want to get there first and do it first and get all the spoils. I'm going out west and find me some gold and take a bucket. 
I'm going through the river and pick up the gold rocks in the river. And then the Me Too people who came later who had to bring drills and drill into the mountain, get it. Which one do you want to be? Me Too person or me, or me first person? I like being me first. <laughs> so to close, don't wait for others. Do it yourselves. Beautify your neighborhood. Figure out how to organize that and get paid for it. Maybe you might want to do that. Maybe you have a, a business. Let's figure out how to get paid to do it. If not, maybe, you know, maybe you can volunteer and give away one area, you know, public green area. Get permission to do it. Organize it. Everybody's spending $100 each. And then, you know, $2,500 later, you can beautify a curb in your neighborhood. Here in Sugarland, Texas, we all of our... Um, Boxes, our electronic boxes for your uh, street lights, they're all covered with um, vinyl and they have like abstract art on them. I don't know who did that, but it looks great. So, yeah, do that. Citizen driven is the word. Okay? Don't wait for others. Do it yourselves. Organize it, get it funded, and get going. And on that note, I will apologize for a 45 minute podcast. I always seem to do this. I can't figure out how to get them short. <laughs> Have a good day and we will talk again. Take care.